The choices you make and specifically the way you choose to see God matters. How you choose to interpret the circumstances of your life matters because what you choose to believe about Him is who you'll show others that He is. Will you choose to see Him through the eyes of fear and doubt or through the understanding of a God who not only loves us, but is love? Join me today as we learn to see Him rightly, as we learn to choose love. Thank you for joining me once again on our journey together in this crazy life where we are learning to choose love. And there's so many ways to look at that, but today I just think about the choice that we have to choose our Father over and over again. So many things in our lives tell us that we need to choose ourselves and choose to prefer our own needs, um, our feelings, the things that we're craving, desiring, longing for, um, our own comfort. And every time we face those moments of choice, we can choose ourselves or we can choose Him. And I'm just starting off this program by just declaring to you, and would you declare with me, God, we choose you. You are love, capital L. That is who our God is. He is love. He is the source of love, but he is love personified. And so we just say we choose you once again. So even if you turn this off right now, you just accomplish something major for yourself today, just choosing him once again. So I want to get into a book that I am super excited about uh, called Declarations in the Desert. And it's by a sweet um, young woman that I have come to love like a spiritual daughter. Her name is Tara Mosley. And she and her husband are the pastors of a church here in Nashville called His House. And it's the church that um, Johnny and I attend here. And I'm so super proud of her. This is an incredible book about um, all kinds of things, but it basically is a tool for the reader to find decrees that um, help align your heart and your mouth with the truth of who God is for all kinds of a variety of situations and circumstances that you may find yourself in. Um, it is, the subtitle is Life-Giving Decrees for the Dry and Dusty Valleys of Life. And today, um, something that caught my eye in here were several different declarations that she's written around the idea of um, what some people call the like basic elements of life, which are fire, water, and wind. There's four, so oftentimes people will add the fourth, which is the earth. Um, I think of the earth in, in this um, context as us. We are the earth. We are flesh and blood. We are literally made from the dust of the earth originally, our forefathers, Adam and Eve, and we return to the earth. Um, and so there's that component that we're all too familiar with, but what we lack familiarity with, what we lack... Um, continuing on in is the pursuit of the fire, 
the water and the wind of who God is. Because ultimately, everything that is, is a reflection, um, everything that's created is a reflection of who our God is and in its purest form. And so I just want to kind of look into this, um, this idea of fire, water, and wind. And I'm going to be reading quite a bit out of her book, Declarations in the Desert. And I'll just say up front, if you want a copy of this, you're going to you're gonna probably want it after you hear me read these over you. Um, but it, they, we publish this, um, our Seven Mountain Publishing Company. We don't publish a lot of books. We primarily publish our own resources. But every now and then something comes along that we're like, we want to get behind this. And this is something that um, we really want in the hands of our audience, those who walk with us and who consider themselves reformers. This is an incredible tool. Um, and so we published this with her and she is um, the, the author of it. But uh, you can find it on declarationsinthedesert.com, declarationsinthedesert.com. That is her website. You can also find it, if you don't remember that, go to our bookstore on restore7.org and you'll see this book. But when you click on it, it will take you um, through a link to her website um, where you can purchase it directly from her. So um, let's just start with, with prayer. Um, Holy Spirit, you are the fire. You are the water. You are the wind. And you are with each one of us right now exactly where we are, where we are physically, where we are in our um, journey with our Father, and where we are in life, just the circumstances that we find ourselves in. And you are present, and you are our help in times of trouble. You are our strong tower that we run into. You are the voice of our Father. You are his presence that is constant and consistent and with us. You are the voice of um, who he is as love to us. You are our truth. You are the one who comforts us in the places that um, are so, um, so chaotic and in need of just that, that mother's heart of nurture that just comes and surrounds us and says to us the truth, we are gonna be okay. And so we receive all that you are right now. We recognize your, your physical presence with each one of us. And we acknowledge that we need you. And we lean into our neediness for you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you showed up as promised. And we just sense how excited you were for that time to come so that you could in this moment right now, be with each one of us. What a day that must have been in the upper room where they were gathered and they waited because Jesus told them he would send you and you came and you came as fire and you came as wind. And even in those, those moments where we um, go through baptism, you are in that, um, that washing and, and we just ask that you would wash us with the truth today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, so I will say that all of the declarations that I'm going to read over you, so this is 
this is like an encounter for you today. This is a time where you can literally just, um, especially when I get to the declarations moments in here, you can just close your eyes and just take it in and receive it as if the Father himself were speaking these things to you and over you. Um, but every single one of these are rooted in scripture and she has scripture references at the bottom of the page for each one of these. Um, I'm not gonna read all of the scriptures that she has, but I will read some of them. So I wanna start with um, page, in case you have gotten this book while you're before, like it's just newly released, so you may not have the book yet, but in case you do, I will say the page numbers. All right, so um, on page 51, we're gonna look at that one first. And this one is called, and these read like poetry, they're really, really powerful. Decree of wildfire, decree of wildfire. And this, um, one of the scriptures is from Psalm 119, verse 140, where um, it says that God's words are tested, implying as by fire, like, like fire tests something. When you want um, to refine a precious metal, you refine it in fire and it, 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 separates things that are not precious from things that are the the purity of gold or silver um, only comes through the process of fire and sometimes it's hard to tell the difference between the fire of just being on this planet versus the fire of the holy spirit who is at work in our lives because the holy spirit is so good at using the things that we go through so in the end, it almost doesn't matter because for those of us that know and love and follow God, um, we are aware that, that the Holy Spirit is using absolutely everything that we're going through, whether it's because somebody else did, some, did something that affects us or we made choices that affect us ourselves. He is using every bit of it for our good, and he's using it to test us, not the kind of test that says, oh, you're good or you're bad. No, it's the kind of test that causes the things that aren't like God and aren't like what he originally intended for us to fall away, and what's left, what remains is him and looks more and more like him and his original intentions for us. So I'm gonna uh, declare this over you. A decree of wildfire. I declare a wildfire of your father's love over you right now that will burn across your life, consuming anything that is not of him. I declare you are a lover of his word. His promises glow with a refining wildfire that rages within you. Breathe again. Wake up tired shoulders. Be upright again. I declare the life of God into the deepest valleys of your soul. Be revived in the name of Jesus. I just speak and decree over you right now the fire of God. Those things in your heart and in your life that are not from him or of him, may they burn up in the light 
of his fiery presence. That fire that's in his heart, the passion that he has for you, would it just cause right now in the spirit realm, those things that are not of him in your physical body, in your mind, your mentality, in your spirit, man, that they would fall away like like the dross that separates from silver and gold when it is heated in the fire. In Jesus' name, I bless you with the wildfire of the Holy Spirit. Um, Another one I want to go to is page... Actually, I'm going to do that one last. So I'm going to switch over to water. Uh, Page 46 and 47. Living water. The winds of God are howling, blowing through the caves. The caves of your heart. Those caverns, those places that are deep within the core of who you are. Blowing through the caves, the winds of God are howling, sweeping through the mountains and the valleys, catching the pages of destiny scrolls written long before breaths were ever taken. As you declare and decree his name into the swirling mirages of the desert, you will find oasis of living water to drink from. This is your inheritance that you would find living water. I declare that over you today, that you, in all the places that you are dry and thirsty, you will find living water to drink from. You will find rest under his shadow and peace in his spirit. He is the caretaker and the provider. Trust him. I just speak to the core of who you are right now. I speak to the most inner man within you. Trust him. Trust him. Trust him. Declaration of an oasis. I declare an oasis in your life. For Yeshua has spoken to the thirsty, dusty lands of your heart, and an oasis of life is arising. I declare pools of living water, ripples of refreshment and replenishment. Flood the cracked and dry, dead, washing away the barren and the dry. I declare resurrection life swirls in the wellsprings of your heart. What was dead and gone is living and thriving for Yeshua, the author of life. He has spoken and an oasis is arising. I want to read over you some from Psalm 107 here. Psalm 107. I love how she put this book together. Is like It's um, for the dry and dusty valleys of life, and that's really what we're getting into when we talk about the water. Of course, there's the water of the word. There is the water of his presence. Um, There is the water of his scripture word, which we're going to get into here, but there's also the water of his, his words to you that you were created to hear and recognize the unique ways that he speaks to you. And so I speak to 
the inner part of who you are, that there is an oasis. There is a place of water, of depth, of words, words from scripture that would come alive to you in a new way. And the water of the word that he speaks to you in, in those unique love letters that he leaves for you in the midst of life, in the midst of your day. You have access to an oasis. It's not just a dry land for you. Um, in Psalm 107, let's see. I am going to verse 33. Whenever he chooses, he can dry up a river and turn the land into a desert, or he can take a fruitful land and make it into a saltwater swamp, all because of the wickedness of those who dwell there. All right, so we, we are literally living in a dry and thirsty land, but that doesn't mean that we don't have access to the life-giving waters that are, that are available through him. So we, we can relate to this part. There is a saltwater swamp, all because of the wickedness of those who dwell in the land. But he also can turn a barren wilderness into an oasis with water. He can make springs flow into desert lands. And I just want to declare that over you. Where things seem dry and impossible, where you feel numb and disconnected from things of God, I declare that there are springs flowing into those desert places. Uh, he can make springs flow into desert lands and he can turn them into fertile valleys so that cities spring up and he gives it all to those who are hungry. Now I wanna switch gears for a second and it's not all about us, right? It's also about what God's doing in the earth. So we we listen with ears that are hearing what we need to for our own hearts while also hearing what we need to hear for our cities and our nations. And he is saying here that he gives to all those who are hungry. So Lord, we are hungry that you would create fertile valleys where cities can spring up, where there is life, where there has been death. They can plant their fields and vineyards there and, a re and reap a bumper crop and gather a fruitful harvest. God will bless them and cause them to multiply and prosper, but others will become poor, humbled because of their oppression, tyranny, and sorrows. So you see the contrast there. We are not subject in, in the long sense, the, the big picture sense, we are not subject to the judgments that are on the land around us. We can have an oasis in the midst of them. We can have experience a, brum a bumper crop and gather a fruitful harvest um, when others are reaping what they have sown um, from oppression and tyranny. For God pours contempt upon their arrogant abuse of power, heaping scorn upon their princes and makes them wander among ruins. But he raises up the poor and lowly with his favor, giving them a safe place to live where no one can touch them. God will grant them a large family and bless them. The lovers of God will rejoice when they see this. Good men are glad 
when the evil ones are silenced. All right, there is a gladness of heart that we can access because God is in the process of silencing the evil. It's happening. See it with your spirit eyes. You know, that's the thing about a desert. Speaking of a desert, you know, a lot of times you think you see an oasis when you don't. They call that a mirage. But God doesn't promise us to tease us. He actually is faithful to fulfill his word to us. And sometimes it just looks different than we thought that it did, right? And so when you need an oasis, but you're not seeing an oasis, ask him to open your eyes to his version of those living waters that are available to you, even in the midst of dry times, right? Okay, so... um, I want to turn to page 48, the next page, decree of living water. All right, I'm going to decree this over you. Now, I will say the way she originally wrote these is in the eye, like you read it over yourself, but I'm switching it to read it over you. I decree a release of living waters, a drying up of the counterfeit streams, and a release of rushing living waters into your life. I shut off every false and tainted water source in your generational line. I declare an infilling from the only source, the well of water springing up into eternal life in Yeshua. My trust, your trust is in him and your innermost being is marked by him with rushing, flowing, living waters from which you will never thirst again. I decree this promise from Yeshua over your life. When you drink of the water that he gives you, you will never thirst. To your dry, dusty valley seasons, be restored by the rivers of living water. To your parched throat, be refreshed with the living water. To your dried out dreams, be saturated in living waters. I declare to the brackish, stagnant puddles in your life, be overcome now with a torrential s cascading waterfall of living water. Renewal, restoration, refreshment, replenishment. I declare the mighty waters of Yeshua to drench your spirit now. I decree his rushing waters to wash over your home, your city, your state. I declare your nation is a nation drinking from the fount of eternity, Jesus himself. I declare you have a fountain of living water leaping up, bubbling up within you. You are alive with the spirit of the living God. You thirst no more. I want to read over you from John chapter four. I'm in the uh, Passion Translation as usual. Oh, this is rich, isn't it? John four verses, let's see. 
Jesus answered a question someone had for him. He said, if you drink from Jacob's well, you'll be thirsty again. But if anyone drinks the living water I give them, they will never be thirsty again. For when you drink the water I give you, it becomes a gushing fountain of the Holy Spirit flooding you with endless life. So there is, there is a river of living water that is within us when we get it straight from the source, which is Jesus. I love the picture of the throne room of God that has rivers of living water that literally come out from underneath the throne room. I believe that is the river of life that was in the Garden of Eden to begin with. And that, you know, it speaks in Revelation of the, the river of life that has the trees on either side of it who don't wither. They don't, they don't pay attention to the seasons. They just constantly bear fruit. That is you. You are a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor and your roots go into that living river of life that comes from under the seat of his very authority in the throne room. But I think it's interesting here where he says, if you drink from Jacob's well, well, he's literally talking about Jacob's well because they they had a well that had been their forefather's well that he had originally dug, Jacob. But for us, what I think of when I think of Jacob's well is I think of the fact that Jacob wrestled with God, right? Jacob had this, this wrestling moment where he was literally saying, God bless me. And to me, what that represents whenever I hear, you know, the, the name Jacob in scripture, I always think of that part of me that just, you know, I, I think there's a big aspect of wrestling with God that's so important. Like we need to be honest and we need to wrestle things out with him, right? He can handle it. And, and he loves it when we press in for those hard answers but then there comes a time where we surrender the wrestling and it's not about the wrestling anymore. It's not that natural, I'm going to dig in this ground and for myself, I'm going to pull up, you know, the truth of the, the, that those waters represent. There's, there's a time where we just go to him because we know he's the source and we don't try to understand it. We don't wrestle for understanding. We just simply receive what he's giving and what he's giving is always just life. It is, it is, it is that water that comes into those thirsty places that are in us. Um, we're in a season around here in our house of um, our daughter Justice um, nursing our grandson and just the beauty of, of remembering, you know, from having four little ones myself, the beauty of remembering what it's like to just have a baby that literally just drinks you in. You know, there's something about it. We always j joke about it. We say he's milk drunk because after he's done nursing, he's just like, he just seems drunk. He's just so full and happy and content and almost like um, drunk, you know? And I I think there's something about that in our relationship with Jesus where we, we, we're, we're not trying to get things out of, out of him the hard way, right? We're just simply going to him and drinking of, drinking of him, drinking him in and allowing who he is by faith in a spiritual sense, not in a heady sense, but in a spiritual sense, just saying, I just, 
I let you in right now. Just your rivers of living water just come and flood me. And then there's a, yet another level of intimacy that comes when you remember, wait, that river of living water is actually within me as a fountain. Like it's not far away. It's not that I have to go to him and find him and seek him out to get this. No, like he's put the source in me. So I can just literally allow that, that life to bubble up within me so much so that it can overflow and, and I'll have enough to bless and benefit others with the level of contentment that I find in him. So um, in John chapter seven, just three chapters over, verse, I think 38, let's see. Um, On the most important day of the feast, the last day, Jesus stood and shouted out to the crowds, all you thirsty ones. I mean, there's so much just in that, you know, you, there's something in all of us that just so desires to be known. And I think we are truly known when someone sees how needy we are. Like, I am so thirsty. And God, through Jesus, looked out over that generation and into our generation even today and into your heart and my heart and said, all of you who are thirsty. Like, I hear people say that when they die and go to heaven and then they come back and tell us about it, that they cannot believe the difference between how much pain and discomfort exists in our bodies, just in any state, even when we're not, even when we're not sick, on this side of the veil, and how the moment they crossed over, they felt so good. There is an ache, there is a thirst that we just learn to live with here. But Jesus looks past that because he knows how he originally created us to not live with an ache, to not live with a thirst. And he says, I see you. I see how you long, how you thirst. And isn't it interesting how in Jesus's literal final breath, he says, I thirst. He related to us. He, in my opinion, it, he wasn't just talking about like, I'm physically thirsty because I'm dying and I'm dehydrated. He, he was speaking past that into, I see and I take on that ache and that thirst that you have had to live with on this side of sin. And I see it. So all you thirsty ones come to me, Jesus, we just say right now, yeah, we come to you. We bring to you right now, each one of us, our thirst and our ache, knowing that you fully get it. You fully get it. You are the God who came here so that you could fully know us. You, you could have done it another way, but you set into motion a plan that would cause you to know 
our limitations and to know us on this side of eternity, on this side of sin. He goes on to say, come to me and drink. Believe in me so that rivers of living water will burst out from within you, flowing from your innermost being, just like the scripture says. Jesus was prophesying about the Holy Spirit that believers were being prepared to receive, but the Holy Spirit had not yet been poured out upon them because Jesus had not yet been unveiled in his full splendor. So here he's saying, I have rivers of living water that are going to come from within you, flowing from your innermost being. The implication is you will no longer have to be limited to that ache and that thirst. I'm going to experience it fully in my death and I'm going to be resurrected and I'm going to send the Holy Spirit so that you don't have to live thirsty. You don't have to live longing and aching. You can live in a dry and dusty place because of the consequences of sin, that dry place that comes on this side of heaven. You can live with full access to everything that causes others to live with a thirst. Um, so we receive it. We receive the water of who you are right now, Jesus. And we acknowledge that that river of living water, that fountain that is within us. And we say, spring up, oh well, within our soul. Spring up. Anything that has um, come and just squelched that flow within us, we, by our agreement with you right now and with one another, we just uncover those deep places within us that we're meant to have living water springing from in Jesus name. All right. Um, how am I doing with my time? I'm going to go to page 102. This is a declaration of fire and water. So we've talked about fire. We've talked about water. This is both together. This comes from Isaiah chapter 43, verses 1 and 2 in the New King James Version. Um, I wrote it here. It says, fear not. He's speaking to Israel. And what his heart is towards Israel, his heart is the firstborn. His heart is to all of the nations that say yes to him. So Israel is the firstborn of many nations. So this was his heart for Israel. This is his heart for us now. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. Um, you know, the enemy takes everything that God created and distorts it and uses it for his purposes, which are um, death and destruction, right? And so the very fire and water and wind of the spirit that we were meant to have access to the enemy has distorted and and uses you know the fiery trials to try to derail us he uses the waters of just the 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 um 
you know, the things we go through to try to overtake us and overwhelm us. And we see that picture played out through the Israelites who had to walk through um, the Red Sea, but God parted those waters and he told them, I will not allow those waters to overtake you. He does supernatural things in our lives um, so that the, the plans of the enemy, the, the flip side, his counterfeit of the fire and the wind and the water will not consume us. And here's a declaration that I just want to read over you. So receive this right now. Declaration of fire and water. I declare you will not be overcome by fear, by rising waters, by fiery flames, for he is with you. He's with you. I declare he knows you. He is calling you by your name. Not only is he calling you by your name that you know yourself as right now, but he is calling you by your truest self, your truest name. Did you know that when you get to heaven, when we get to heaven, one of the things that we're going to be given is a white stone with our name that he has given us, our truest name written on that stone. He's already calling you by that name. He speaks it over you. He declares it over you because in it is your true identity. So he is decreeing a, a shield of protection over you right now. I declare you will pass through the waters, but you will not drown. Those waters of your life right now, the things that seem to overwhelm you, you will come all the way through and you will not drown. I declare you will go through the rivers. You will not be swept away. I declare you will walk through the fires and you will not be scorched. I declare the perils of this world are no match for your father. For he is with you and he has redeemed you. He's redeemed you and he is redeeming every aspect of your life. Right, I'm going to go now to um, wind, page 104. Wind is um, amazing because again, wind is the picture of the Holy Spirit. We know through, I think it's John, that, um, that the Holy Spirit is like wind and that you cannot see the wind, but you can see the effects of the wind. And we have never seen the Holy Spirit, right? But we can see the effects, the impact of the Holy Spirit in our lives and in the world. Um, and so um, on page 104, this is two pages long, I'm going to declare this over you. This is a declaration of your friend, Holy Spirit. I declare you have a good father who gives good gifts to you. And he has given you an eternal friend, power from above the promised Holy Spirit. He is your comforter. He is near to you in your grief and in your suffering. He is your counselor. He is teaching and leading you in all things. He is your helper. He is forever by your side in the mountains and in the valleys. The Holy Spirit, the wind, is your intercessor. He is lifting the groans of your human frailty to the ears of your father. He is your advocate 
warring and strengthening you as you stand with him together against the lies of the destroyer. I declare you are never alone. Even in moments of despair and weariness, he's there. I declare you have the power to pull down strongholds, to bind and restrict the enemy because of the fire of the Holy Spirit that burns within you and the blood of Jesus that covers you. Flames of fire dance upon you as you worship God in spirit and truth. Triumphantly walking beside by the Spirit of God because you are a child of God. I declare the success of your life is not measured by the shifting sands of this world. I declare your body is the very sanctuary of the Holy Spirit, a treasured gift from God, bursting with the fruit of the Spirit. I declare love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control over you. I declare you overflow with hope and your very breath changes atmospheres. I declare you walk in boldness. Where many have cowered and bowed their knee, you rise up and walk as the Holy Spirit backs you in confidence and power. He is your intimate friend filling your mouth with purposed kingdom declarations of truth and freedom. I declare the Holy Spirit loves to be in friendship with you. He is your spirit wind, falling upon all of humanity, the spirit of holiness, breaking the twisted lies of the world off of your spirit. I declare the Holy Spirit is your covenant promise from Lord Yahweh, resting on you in fire and in glory. Amen. I just want to go back to this one um, part that she wrote here. Um, Your very breath changes atmospheres. So the breath of God changes atmospheres and you We're made in his image and the Holy Spirit lives within you. That wind of the Spirit lives within you. So why wouldn't your very breath, your words, right? You cannot speak words without breath being behind it. Your very breath changes atmospheres. That's some power right there that we have. Okay, um... The last one that I want to read over you is on page 122, and we will end with this. Um, All right, this is called Declaration of the Fire of the Holy Spirit. Now, I just want to say, in case there's anyone here who has never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I believe that, you know, when you... um, decide to become a follower of Jesus and to have a relationship with God the Father through Jesus, you receive the whole of who God is into your heart, into your life, which is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So all of us have the Holy Spirit in us, 
but Jesus made it clear that there was another level of being filled. In fact, in in the New Testament, when it's when Jesus said, "Be filled with the Holy Spirit," he it actually meant be being. When you go back to the original, whatever it's the word means an ongoing. Be continue to be filled with the Holy Spirit. For me, that is an ongoing encounter with the Holy Spirit where you, you know, we, we were created with physical senses, sight, smell, taste, touch, um, and, and what am I forgetting? Um, hearing. So all five of those are, we have similar senses spiritually, you know, the ability to discern, to, um, to feast on the word of who God is, to hear the voice of God, um, etc. I'm not getting into all that teaching right now. That's why I'm not doing it justice. But my point with that is we were created with physical senses and spiritual senses. And those senses, if they were created for anything, they were created to experience in the land of the living, experience the living God. If you've never experienced him in a tangible way where you literally like felt the effects of his presence, you maybe shook or, you know, cry or, you know, our senses, our feelings. If he is not so involved in your life that you've never even felt him, that's a problem because you were made, you were created to be able to experience him. Now, does our relationship with God, is it conditional upon being able to feel, feel him? No, absolutely not. It's called faith for a reason. So our foundation is not based on our feelings, but that does not mean that we weren't also created to experience and feel him. So I want to challenge you. If you have never felt the Holy Spirit's presence in your life, like in a tangible way, just give him permission. Just say, I give you permission to allow me to actually physically feel your presence. And you can do it now. You can do it when you're you know, alone in your bed, driving in the car, in the shower, whatever. He might surprise you. It might be during worship sometime at church. It might be on your own worshiping. It might be you know, in bed in the stillness of the night. Um, and it looks and feels different for everybody. Don't compare your experiences with God and the way that you feel him to others. You know, um, it's hard to not to do that sometimes because some people feel him in a very profound way where it's obvious to everyone, anyone looking, they're feeling and experiencing the presence of God. But, you know, we're all wired differently. So we're going to experience him in different ways. For me, I remember the first time I experienced the tangible presence of God. Somebody prayed over me and all of a sudden my eyes, my eyelids just were fluttering. Like I can't even make it do it on my own. That's how I knew it was God because it was something that I physically couldn't do with my own eyelids, right? My eyes were closed, but they were like fluttering like a hundred miles a minute. And accompanied with that was this, this sense in my, you know, just how like you can tell when someone's in the room with you, even if your eyes are closed, 
I sensed him. I knew he was there. And um, it, it, it did something in my relationship with God. It really did. It solidified something in me um, that was really precious and still is precious to me today. And I've experienced him in tangible ways a lot more since then, but that was the first time. So it really stuck with me. The other part of that is being filled with the Holy Spirit in a, in a secondary kind of way gives you an opportunity to receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And speaking in tongues is one of them. There's the gift of prophecy. There's a gift of knowledge. There's a gift of healing. And these gifts were made available to us because God knew we would need them in order to um, fully present him to the world around us. And he's the difference maker. Literally, he is the difference maker. There's nothing we can do to convince people of God, but the Holy Spirit in us, just like in the disciples, are what caused the church as we know it to grow from just 12 men to countless people now throughout the generations because the Holy Spirit came with power on those who were gathered in the upper room and actually the Holy Spirit the disciples experienced a level, a measure of it before them because they, in the power of the Holy Spirit, were healing people. They were raising people from the dead. And you would hear they performed a miracle and a whole city would believe in, in Jesus after that. So my point is we need, not just for ourselves, but for us to fulfill our role as world changers, we need to be being filled with the Holy Spirit, and we need all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Specifically, the gift of tongues is amazing because, speaking of the wind of the Spirit, the breath of God, when you speak in tongues, it, it causes your words to align perfectly, like it's the perfect Spirit prayer because it's the Holy Spirit praying through you in a heavenly supernatural language that bypasses your mind and your mind will remind you, this is weird. This, how can it, you know, it'll question, but your spirit man knows. And that, that, that language, that heavenly language just bubbles up from within you and you speak it. A lot of times people get in their head and they don't know how to get the gift of tongues. And I want to tell you, it's so easy. This is how I used to teach children when I would teach children that would come to our church. You know how when you're a kid and you just, you have fun pretending that you can speak a foreign language, even when you don't, I don't know if you did that when you were little, but there's something about just kind of pretending, meaning I'm giving my tongue an opportunity to just be foolish right now. And if you do that without asking the Holy Spirit to fill you, then it is just nothing more than you pretending. But something happens when you just begin to just articulate and and then the Holy Spirit comes behind it. And all of a sudden, you know, that's not just me. There is a power of the Holy Spirit that just came through me in that. And, um, and just pray this, the simplicity of like a child expecting a father who loves to give good gifts to give you a good gift and multiple gifts. You can have the gift of tongues. You can have other gifts of healing, prophecy, and all of that. And just like anything else, it requires you to practice. But again, with the gift of the Holy Spirit, um, the gift of tongues from the Holy Spirit, 
there is a power that happens when we pray that in our prayer language. It builds up our spirit man and our faith. And if you are feeling weak spiritually, you really need the gift of tongues because it it fortifies you from the inside out. And and just getting in the habit, if you're if you've gotten out of the habit, you know, connected to something like when I'm in the shower, I'm going to pray in the spirit, or when I'm driving, I'm going to spend the first couple of minutes praying in the spirit. Um, you know, it's it's not meant to be a show-off kind of thing. It's meant to to enhance your prayer life and to build up your spirit, man. Okay, enough of my commercial for the gift of the Holy Spirit and tongues right now. Declaration of the fire of the Holy Spirit. And I'm just gonna read this over you as we close. So receive this. I declare the wind, the breath, the spirit of holiness is kindling a deep fire within you right now. A fire that cannot be quenched by the words or ways of this world. A fire that does not bow in cowardice to cultural pressures or quiver in the face of the fear of man. I declare it is a holy fire, a baptism of fire cascading down from above from the one, the mightiest one, whose very sandals we are not worthy to untie. I declare it is a holy, precious fire, igniting within you a commitment to feed the flame through prayer, through the living word, through the praises of your lips. Feed the flame. I decree the fire of the Holy Spirit, the bright is now brighter. The boldness is now bolder. The glory is now more glorious. For you have been baptized in fire and water into one body, a holy brotherhood, through fire and flame, drinking of one spirit. I decree a release of the fire of the Holy Spirit, the burning up of all that is not of the kingdom of light in your life, in your family, and in your nation, a wild burning fire of his spirit to move in power, to move in authority, to move in love, to move in grace, to move in truth. For you are a child of the Most High, a witness of Yeshua, clothed in the fire of the spirit of holiness and destined to carry his name unto the very borders of the earth. I declare the fire of the Holy Spirit over you now. All right. Well, I bless you as you go into the next part of your week, wherever you, whenever you're, you're watching this. And I just ask the Holy Spirit right now to remind you at key moments of the rivers of living water that you have access to that are within you as a fountain. And, and I ask the Holy Spirit to remind you of the fact that the fiery trials that you're going through will not overwhelm you. But in fact, you are being tried and tested in a way that will purify you and launch you further into the destiny and the calling that is on your life. And I, and I ask the Holy Spirit to remind you 
that the that the wind of his presence is ever blowing in your life. It is ever blowing away the things that do not belong there and bringing with it fresh wind that refreshes you and that um, that that comes not only to you but through you to others that that your very breath i just ask the holy spirit to remind you that your very breath the words that you speak bring life into those those lives around you and those places of death that we're facing in our nations right now I ask you, Holy Spirit, to just remind every one of us of the power of our own declarations, of our own words, of the decrees that we make. And we invite you to prompt us in key moments in other people's lives and in circumstances around us and in things going on in our cities and our nations. Remind us of the power that we have to speak your heart and your will your will be done above the will and the agenda of any evil power in this earth. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Have an amazing rest of your day, and I will be with you again next week on Choose Love.